Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Beerly Football Podcast. I am your host for now, Trevor Scott. Zach running a few minutes late, but he should be joined with us shortly. But as of right now, we got me, we got Kerry, we got two of the usual three, two of the best three. Zach, you're not here to defend yourself, so I had to do it to him. But Kerry, we're Beerly, we're football. What are you drinking on tonight, my man? Let's get right into it. I shocked the world once again. No Bud Light, no Corona. Okay. Moving out the world. I was crazy tonight. I'm going with a Rolling Rock Pale Ale. Shock in the world. Let me see the can. That sounds kind of dumb, I'm not going to lie. There he is. Just like that. Really dumb. We talk about him, and he pulls up straight on us on the set. Zach, you got a drink in your hand? I always have a drink in my hand. All right, what you sipping on tonight? Uh, I'm finishing up my uh, Weihischip honor. Um, nice. Shout out to Germany. So I'm going to have to switch to something else halfway through the podcast, but this stuff's good. I, I really like it. It is good. I haven't had it in a while since probably the end of last year, but it's a good beer. Shout out to Germany, like I said. And uh, I'm going with a Coors Banquet, I think, second week in a row. I like to get out there on the podcast. I like to have some fun beers, but it's been a, a boring couple weeks for me. So let's all get fun <laughs> next week. Let's all you get fun next week. Yeah, I went fun this week. You, you know did. what? We, we it just tastes like Bud Light. It's nothing. They all taste the same to me. Come on. They're all the same. It all tastes put, the same to you? Put 40 beers in front of me, they all taste the same. Except for IPAs. I don't believe that, I don't believe that one bit. That's a lie. That's just a factual a lie. lie. Uh, breaking. Terry has COVID since the taste is gone. I do. Uh, <laughs> yo, before well, we get to... The taste has been gone since the day he was born. So, I don't know. Is he patient zero for COVID? That's her. You might just have to carry this. He's got barely 22. That would be a sick disease. Barely 22. I don't care how you would have to get that. I would get that. You're the beer. Barely 22. Before we get into too much football, I know Zach is itching to talk about the Jags. I'm itching to argue about Matt Ryan. But just a couple little plugs, real quick. Barely Hoops podcast. We're going to be talking about the NBA finals on this week's show. We got the Warriors and the Celtics matching up in the finals. I'll be there to tell you why the Celtics are going to win in six. And Dort will be there to argue with everything I say. And as well as hockey. How, how is he doing after Miami lost? Uh, he's all right. You know, he doesn't get stuff right that much anyway. So I mean, know, he's used to it. I mean, all I know about him is he's the thirstiest man on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's pretty thirsty. Yeah, I'm going to tell him you said that. Yeah. Yeah, he go really ahead. Is. Really I'm always is. calling him out when, I, when I'm tweeting at uh, you. Follow me at the Beerly Boss. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> so shout out to Dort. Shout out to our Hoops episode. We're at Beerly Hoops on Twitter. And then hockey as well, uh, covering the conference finals, looking ahead to the Stanley Cup. Follow them on Twitter at Beerly Hockey and check out that show, which is now on Apple Podcasts. But let's get into football. Let's talk about the AFC South. Zach's favorite division carries maybe like midway, fifth, sixth, seventh favorite division. I don't know. Um, this is one of the worst divisions in the NFL. I will say that. But um, last year we had the Titans finish at 12 and five, win the division. Colts nine and eight, Texans four and 13, Jags three and 14. Bottom feeders, first overall pick. But right, well, maybe let's there's some chill. hope this year. Okay. Yeah. There might be there's some a lot of hope. There's a no, lot of hope. We're just talking about next year. We're talking about last year. I'm you know, mm. I'm not talking about the future. Okay. I mean, who, who even cares about this division? Is this the worst QB division in the NFL? 
It was Ryan, when Carson Wentz was here. Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Trevor Lawrence, Davis. Mills. I like that we that we were we converted you off of Ryan Tannehill because yeah, I, I like did Ryan. not. Wait, like I thought Ryan, Ryan Tannehill was like a godsend. I like yeah. Ryan Tannehill. Why? He's, not, <laughs> he's good. He's not a top. He's not in my top like 12, 13, but he's good. He's, he's not, not in my top. 15. He's better than, he's better wait, than wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me, wait, how many good quarterbacks are there then? If he's not in your top 13, is the 16th best quarterback in the NFL good to you? By NFL standards, I feel like there's about 17, 18, then there's a bunch of unproven rookies, and there's a bunch of ass guys like Sam Darnold. Mm. It's, it's by your standards, you know? Yeah. I have pretty uh, high standards, you know, me. If you know me, you know, I got high standards. You have the lowest standards out of anyone I've ever met. I know. If it's got at least two legs, I'm – anyways. Um. (laughs) And sometimes not even both legs. Wow. I didn't say which two legs, you know what I'm saying. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Nothing like a sip of beer on Tuesday night, man. That's the beerly life. I'm almost done with my beer already. That's the beerly life. Everything's beerly life. So some of the biggest, before we get these guests on, shout out to our Colts guests, our Texans guests, Titans and Jags. But let's talk about what we think the division's going to end up like this year, end of the regular season. We had Titans, Colts, Texans, Jags. I think this, is, this one's going to be completely mixed up this year. No team in the same spot. What do you guys think as far as one to four. I'll go first. I'm going to say definitely Colts first. Second. Wow. This one's easy. Colts. Wow. How is this easy to you? Colts, Titans, Texans, Jags. Come on. No, not not today, baby. Not today. I don't like the Titans this year. Wait. Hang on. Okay, Colts, Titans. Sorry, Zach. Texans, Jags. Wow. Okay. Sorry. All right. No, but I. All right. Zach, quick, quick, standing before we get our first guest. Yeah. So I'm going tits. Uh, Colts, Jags, Texans. Okay, I could see that. If the Titans didn't have Derrick Henry, or if he gets hurt early or something, yeah, then that obviously the Titans changes, are. But the Titans are going to be scrapping for second, third, even fourth place. So yeah. Wait. But, so who did we have as our top three? I said Colts. Trevor said as everybody. Are you on my I said Tits. I Trevor? said Colts, Titans, Texans, Jags. That's fair. That's fair. So, at least two or th- two of us have the Colts going first. So, let's start with our predictor to win the division, at least for Trevor me, not for the biased Jags fan over here in the corner. We got JJ here, from a writer from Colts.com, here to talk some Colts. How are we doing tonight, JJ? I'm doing great. I'm going to pop on my video, and uh, we're going to get going here. There he is. Awesome. Let's do it. I'm going to get you right off the bat. Did you like Carson Wentz or no? That's what I was going to ask. Car- Carson, so, like, Carson was, uh, there I am. He he did some good things. Like, you know, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 
Uh, he, he played well in a handful of games, but look, I mean, the, the way the season ended, um, it, it wasn't just that the Colts lost those two games to the Raiders and the Jaguars. It was that, you know, even in beating the Patriots in week 15, that incredible game that kind of felt like the Colts arriving on the scene as, as a legitimate Super Bowl contender, Carson right. only completed, I think, five of 12 passes in that game. Um, it's why, you know, if you listen to what Chris Ballard said over the last few weeks, he was asked directly multiple times, if you may, if the Colts made the playoffs, would you have still moved on from Carson Wentz? And his answer was probably, you know, they, they would have done this thorough evaluation after the season and would have arrived at the same conclusion that Carson Wentz was not the guy to be the starting quarterback in Indianapolis. Right. He, he like, look at the guys. Like, with having Jonathan Taylor there, that O line, you didn't really need him to do that much. Just not turn the ball over. I think a majority of quarterbacks in the NFL could have done that, what he did last season. Well, I, I disagree with the assumption that you don't need the quarterback to do much because this is still a passing league. And Jonathan Taylor was awesome last year. I mean, he led the NFL in rushing yards back five. It was the widest margin since Chris Johnson in 2009. Um, you, but you saw how far that could take a team when your quarterback right. is not able to make those plays at the end of games or in big situations or in big games. So I think that's why the Colts moved on is that, okay, we have this incredible running game, and Jonathan Taylor almost took us to the playoffs, which is something a running back very rarely does in the NFL nowadays because, again, the league is so tilted toward passing. Mm-hmm. So in that vein, the Colts said, all right, we need to get better at the quarterback position, we need to go get someone who can make some of the plays that Carson, to his credit, did make. You know, you look at the the game against the Ravens back in week five on Monday Night Football where Carson made a number of throws in that game that were outstanding. Uh, you know, going and beating the 49ers in week seven, Carson made a couple of throws in that game, a couple of plays that were really, really good plays. But ultimately, you need a guy to make the right decisions with the football to read out a defense properly and then be accurate with his throws in this offense that Frank Reich runs. That's what Phillip Rivers did very well in 2020 when the Colts made the playoffs. And that's something the Colts expect Matt Ryan to be able to do in this offense in 2022 and 2023 and maybe more, maybe longer than that. Mm -hmm. Well, as it became more and more obvious that the Colts were going to move on from Carson Wentz, was Matt Ryan a guy that was high on your list? as somebody to fill the spot or was there somebody else who you really wanted a little more? It's funny, you know, as you're going through the options of, all right, like, could they do this? Could they do this? I remember just looking it up one day and being like, I wonder how viable Matt Ryan is. And this was probably, oh, this is probably the day after uh, we agreed to trade Carson to Washington uh, and looking at it and being like, hey, you know, maybe Atlanta, you know, they're, they're in on Deshaun Watson. Maybe they're, they're thinking about a little reset here, you know, regardless of what happens. That's exactly how it played out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I give I give Chris Ballard a, a ton of credit for how this played out. Because and I, I wrote this column on Colts.com uh, earlier in the offseason where I said, you know, look, Chris Ballard said, like, yeah, we got lucky. Like, his exact reaction when we, we asked him at the, uh, the NFL League meetings in March, like, did you get lucky getting Matt Ryan? He's like, heck, yeah, we were. But at the same time, the Colts were set up to get Matt Ryan. They were set up to get lucky with a quarterback falling into their lap in that sense because they're a team that a lot of folks around the NFL 
think very highly of. Matt Ryan is someone who's very plugged in to the going-ons around the league, even though he's been in a different conference than the Colts for the last 14 years. He knew what was going on in Indianapolis. He knew about Frank Reich and how Reich has morphed his offense to fit the quarterback he's had over the last few years. He knows how Chris Ballard operates. He, know how, he knows how much Jim Irsay wants to win. And he, he's seen the success. I mean, this is a team that last season was a, a bad ending to the season, but it's been a team that has had a lot of success in some really terrible circumstances mm. over the last four or five years. So Matt Ryan then independently identified, hey, look, it's probably about the right time to leave Atlanta. The only team I really want to go to is the Colts. And that is a testament to the organization the Colts have in place. Because, again, I mean, you could be a dysfunctional franchise looking for a quarterback. Matt Ryan's not going to say, hey, you, you guys are doing me a favor by getting me out of here. Trade me there. He's not saying that about teams that have dysfunction from the top down. He's not saying that about teams that are picking in the top ten every year. He's saying that about the Indianapolis Colts. And, again, that, that it's not just luck. It is there is something to building a strong foundation as an organization and getting recognized for that and then kind of creating your own luck. Right. And at the end of the day, he's an MVP. So, I mean, you yes. can't really complain too much. So, How much of a step up do you think Matt Ryan is from Carson? So, you know, obviously there are things that Carson can do that Matt Ryan in this stage of his career cannot. Carson is a really good deep ball thrower. Uh, he's mobile in the pocket. He's going to evade pressure and, you know, have some, like, absolutely just mind-blowing plays where you're like, I can't believe he did that. I can't believe he escaped this pressure. Stuff like that. But what Matt Ryan does well for Frank Reich is that he's so good at diagnosing a defense. I mean, this dude, he's, like, seen every defense there is in the NFL. Two high shell, cover three, cover zero blitz, you know, whatever it might be, man-match coverage. He's going to be able to identify that and then get to the right receiver. Mm. This is something that... In, in this Frank Reich offense, it's not predicated on a you know number one target getting 15 targets a game. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. can do that. We saw him do that last year. But where it's predicated is making the right decisions with the ball based on the coverage you're getting. Because Frank Reich is so good at getting guys open and getting his receivers open, it's on the quarterback to then know where to go with the football to get them that you know get the ball to an open receiver. That's something Matt Ryan, I think the Colts are going to trust him to do. And, you know, we're hearing a lot of comparisons flying around 56th Street here in Indianapolis about how how similar Ryan is to Phillip Rivers, but then the physical tools that Matt Ryan possesses right now are ahead of where Phillip Rivers was in, in 2020. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Ryan's yeah. got a very strong arm. Uh, you know, it's still accurate. And he's he can still move a little bit in the pocket. It's not like you're going to see Matt Ryan rush for 200 yards this year. But he's got this little knack to him, and this is something that you know you'll see you'll see Tom Brady do, where he's able to have these subtle little movements in the pocket because he knows how to feel pressure, he knows where the pressure is coming from, he's diagnosed it pre-snap. Just those like subtle little movements to evade a blitzing linebacker or give Jonathan Taylor just a little bit more time to get into his pass protection and make a block to protect him. Those little nuances to Matt Ryan's game in the pocket really do aid him when it comes to protecting himself. And again, that's not to say Philip Rivers couldn't do that. Phil was like, get the ball, get it out. And Matt Ryan yeah. can't hold that. Matt Ryan's going to be a quick processor. He can hold on to it just a little bit longer because he can make those little movements in the pocket. Right. He's yeah. a true vet. 
And, um, you know, all that, I think the offense is going to look completely different. Um, I think it's going to be a lot more consistent than it was last year. You kind of know what you're going to get by week three, week four. But um, a move that kind of went under the radar, which I had to remind myself, I completely forgot this happened, but Stephon Gilmore, what do you think he's going to bring to that defense? And I I was just talking about this on our podcast, the official Colts podcast that we do. And I, I was saying, like, what stood we the, the topic was what stood out about OTAs when he got to watch the OTA practice last week. And I was like, man, watching Stefan Gilmore work was awesome. Like I, I used to cover the Bears, so I would just go to practice and I would just watch Khalil Mack, like how he went about his business during practice. And I was doing the same thing with Stefan Gilmore. Like, here's a DPOY, here's how he approaches this OTA practice that otherwise you might might look at it and be like, yeah, it's a bunch of guys running around in uh, shorts and helmets. It doesn't really look like much. But watching Gilmore get his footwork down with some certain things, watch him you know, know when to get up and press based on, all right, yeah, I think they're probably going to give me this look, so I'm going to get up here and start working on that. Yeah. Uh, you know, know when to give a release, when to not how to give a release, how to go inside, outside release, just stuff like that. And I remember having this conversation with someone. I was like, if I'm watching that, Kenny Moore the second, Isaiah Rogers, Brandon Faison, every single cornerback on the Colts roster, roster is watching the same thing I'm watching. And they are going to take so much from Stephon Gilmore, seeing how a guy who is just an absolute technician in terms of what he does out there, he studies harder than anyone else in the NFL when it comes to knowing tendencies, because he told us uh, in an interview we did with him when the Colts signed him that in cornerback, like 60% of playing cornerback is knowing what the opposing offense is going to do. So you need to know tendencies. You need to know formations. When they're in this two-by-two look, what does it mean for the route concept you're probably going to get? Stuff like that. It It is unbelievable how good of a player Stephon Gilmore is. And those are the things that as the Colts looked at him and said, all right, you know, he's, he's on the wrong side of 30. You know, maybe uh, some guys might say that, you know, you're slowing down a little bit. The mental aspect to Stefan Gilmore's game is still 99th percentile in the NFL. And that will allow him to continue playing at a high level going forward, especially get him into this Gus Bradley defense where he might be doing some different things than he's done in years past where he's been very man heavy. Um, the Colts still expect him to do that. You love having a good press man corner on your team, but there are going to be some different things, some rotations that the Colts are going to have where uh, the, they believe that will benefit Stephon Gilmore here in the in his early 30s at this stage in his career. Right, yeah, and um, like you said, other side of 30, but um, both guys we talked about, uh, Matt Ryan and Stephon Gilmore, those are two guys that are going to be leaders, and they're going to bring some intangibles in where um, – now, I don't know much about Carson Wentz. Not going to talk about about the guy, but I'd imagine so we that Matt Ryan is a much better leader than than Carson Wentz. And um, even with that experience, going to the Super Bowl, winning the MVP, there's a lot of intangible stuff that he's going to bring to a an otherwise pretty young team, young offense. But um, Colts finished nine and eight last year, second in the division. I've got him going first uh, in the division this year. What do you What are you thinking as far as win loss regular season prediction? Yeah, you know, you, you look around the division um, and, and you see kind of the Colts and Titans looking like the top two candidates there. I, like, I'm not counting on the Jaguars. I'm higher on Trevor Lawrence than probably a lot of other people. Hey, man, um, I appreciate that times. so much. I get a lot of hate on this podcast, and I just want to say I appreciate that. Tre- Trevor Lawrence made a lot of correct decisions last year in 
the worst circumstances a quarterback has been in in a long time. Um, and I, I think you throw Doug Peterson in there with him. I, I am not counting out the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. That's kind of the point of this. But, you know, the, the Titans swapping out A.J. Brown for a rookie wide receiver, uh, you know, some of the other moves they made to kind of reload maybe a little bit more for the future. Uh, this is a division that the Colts believe they should win, and they believe they should have won it the last four years. Mm-hmm. Um, the The problem for the Colts is that they haven't won the division since I believe 2015. Um, that's been a long time yeah. here in Indianapolis. The expectations are a lot higher than not winning your division for almost seven years. Um, that That's something that the Colts really feel like they need to correct. The first seven games of this year, guys, are going to tell us a lot yeah. about the Colts' chances to do that. They play five games within the AFC South in their first seven contests, including two against the Titans and two against the Jaguars. So, Again, those two teams that you might say, all right, those could be the two teams that compete. Look, I'm also not going to count out the Texans this early. Um, you know, I, I'm from Chicago. I think the world of Lovey Smith and the way that he coaches. So, um, you know, going to be a, a competitive division. But the Colts believe they have a roster that can go win the division. They just need to go do it. Yeah. And they need right. to prove, you know, that, hey, until you knock off the Titans in this division. Yeah. It's the Titans division to lose. Yep. So that that's going to be the big thing. You've got to go and you've got to beat the, Titan, the Titans in those first seven weeks of the season. Otherwise, you're probably looking at another wild card, and that's not a place the Colts want to be. They want to host a playoff game at Lucas yeah. Oil Stadium. It's been way too long since that's happened. As they should. Now, Zach, it is, it's, it's been a long time since talking about the Jaguars has been relevant on this show. You do it every week, but you now finally have an excuse to do it. He asked all of our guests this question. So first, go off, ahead and, first off, Trevor, and I don't need an relevant. excuse to talk about the Jaguars. What, what's that jersey? What's that jersey? So this is a Maurice Jones-Drew jersey. All That's right. Cool. I thought uh, it would be like a little Fred Taylor action going on there. No. Uh, the last no, time they had a good player. All right. <laughs> We're gonna have we're gonna have we're gonna fight on this show. Um, they had Jalen Ramsey. Uh, oh, yeah. They had Jalen Ramsey. They had AJ Boye. That they defense. Oh, AJ Boye. <laughs> they that defense. I think was it 2015 was oh, that was a great crazy, defense or yeah. 2016 was crazy. Uh, anyway, um, I asked the show to uh, ask this question to everybody. Um, how many wins do you think the Jaguars gets this year? I'd say seven or eight. Okay. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. Again, I, I think Doug, like bringing in Doug Peterson, um, I think he's a really good coach and he's yeah. really sharp. The way that he can design things for Trevor Lawrence, uh, who, again, he processes so well. I was listening to the athletic football show and they, they had some stat on there that Trevor Lawrence was only, he was like fourth best in the NFL in pressures that turned into sacks or something along those lines where it essentially was saying Trevor Lawrence was doing all the right things and then maybe guys weren't getting open or the play design wasn't where it needed to be. Um, You know, I I think he's got a ton of upside. I'm not worried about where he's at last year. Um, Except I am worried because I, you know, work for the Indianapolis Colts and having Trevor Lawrence in your division does worry me. But... Uh, I think he's a really good player. I think Doug Peterson's a really good coach. 
Uh, you know, some of the moves they made this offseason got, you know, kind of panned by folks nationally, but the Jaguars are a, a better football team right now than yeah, they were at the end of sure. last season. For sure. And I, and I, a lot of people overlook the fact that the biggest upgrade they could have made was getting Doug Peterson over Urban Meyer. A lot of people overlook that fact and they, they say, oh, well, they didn't do that much this offseason in terms of bringing in talent. And it's like, well, they got a they got an actual football coach. <laughs> I got stability. Yeah. That. I mean, Trevor Lawrence's rookie season was marked by instability the entire season from mm-hmm. his head coach. That, that is just something that, you know, no matter how good you are and how how talented you are, that's hard to overcome as a rookie where, like, you're having to answer questions to the media about why James Robinson wasn't playing. Yeah. And answering it by saying, yeah, Urban and I had a conversation about that. That's not going to happen again. Like Trevor Lawrence, I mean, talk about mature beyond his years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah. So I, he's kind of been through it. Uh, he seems like the kind of guy who probably is going to be better off long-term for going through it. Um, you know, that it's Jacksonville is going to be a tough team to play this year. I, I really do believe that. All right. I want to, I love to hear that. Uh, I agree. I have them anywhere from the six to nine wins category. Nice. Nice. So. Trevor, I know you got something yes. you want to know. Right. Uh, my last question for you is, can you say it's the year of the beer? It's the year of the beer. There we go. Thank you, Carrie. You got anything you want to plug? You know you're on a podcast, Colts of Comedy, anything before you head out tonight? Colts official, yeah, right? Official Colts. The, uh, yeah, the official Colts podcast. It's on the Colts Audio Network. If any of your fine listeners are Colts fans, come check us out. Subscribe to us. We got a lot of audio content, a lot of really good stuff that we do. Um, check me out on Colts.com. You can follow me on Twitter at JJ Stankovitz. Uh, fun joining you guys. You guys do good work here. Um, good questions. Thank you. And, yeah, it was great having hey, you on. Uh, Good luck to your Jaguars, but uh, not too much. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Have a good rest of your night. All right. You guys, too. All right. We finished with the Colts. It's now time to talk about the Texans. Davis Mills, the greatest quarterback in history of the NFL. <laughs> in Texas. Man, he's got some yeah. promise. We got like a Mike Lennon mutation, but I'm I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> Mike Lennon. Yeah, <laughs> you guys hear me? Yeah, we hear you. I uh, do. I hear some Davis Mills propaganda to start off the Texans segment. This is a Davis Mills show. No, uh, yes. <laughs> no, yes. it's not. No, it's well, not. Definitely this is not. a Davis Mills fan base. Let me tell you, I uh, I almost feel bad for the guy. <laughs> the expectations the fan base is putting on Davis. Uh, we're pretty excited about what he could do this season. I mean, he looked good last year. It's not like he had a yeah, ton of, I mean, Brandon Cooks, he didn't have a huge amount of weapons, and, you know, he, he, he played well. Yeah, he played really well, especially in those last five games, if you look at it. And I would agree with you. Uh, Brandon Cooks, who also, I think he missed that last game against Tennessee. Not a lot of weapons outside of that. And really a dry offensive scheme from Tim Kelly. I think, I don't know if y'all, how, how much you followed Houston. I know most of the league doesn't really care, but Pep Hamilton is the new offensive coordinator, and there's a lot of excitement about that guy. I think he had maybe five other opportunities to go be in OC, and he wanted to stay because his son's a high school quarterback mm-hmm. around the Houston area. And the, the thought is that 
Pep, he was the quarterback's coach. Who, um, he was there for Justin Herbert's rookie year in Los Angeles. And now as the OC that he might really be able to, to take Davis Mills to another level, especially if a whole offseason. Yeah. Were you, I know there were some rumors about you know them going after other quarterbacks. Were you set on Davis Mills, or do you want them to look at anybody else? I would personally be looking elsewhere just as a, as a rebuild value extraction. But in terms of who's going to start for the Texans, Davis Mills is their guy. Uh, they love what they've seen in the building. I mean, Lovey Smith, the new head coach, has been so complimentary of Davis that uh, it's almost too much, I would say. Uh, is that my audio feedback? Just making sure that y'all can hear me. All right. Yeah, you sound good. Oh, yeah, you sound good over here, man. Okay. But, yeah, I think da- Davis is the guy, and it's honestly a good strategy for Houston. If Davis it plays really well, he's going to win them enough games that they probably play their way outside of – uh, the first few picks where they could take a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud. And if he's not the guy, there's nobody on the roster that can stop them from getting the first overall pick. Yeah, I like Kyle, <laughs> I like Kyle Allen. Give Kyle Allen a chance. No, no Jonathan, no John Greenard slander. <laughs> Jonathan Greenard is a great player. Kyle Allen is not a great player, though. I know. we're Greenard is – I wish there was more help for him on the D-line, but – he, he's probably, him or Stingley, easily the most talented players uh, on that defense this year. And there's some excitement about the way Love, I mean, Lovey Smith is very much seen as a traditional uh, 4-3 Tampa 2 coach. And he's talking about mixing it up this year and the kind of opportunities that might create for Grenard. Hmm. Good. Yeah, he's, I mean, injured for, what, the first six, seven weeks last year. But then he came back and almost put together a Pro Bowl season, so... He, uh, he looked very good when he did play. And, um, yeah, definitely center that defense around him, see what he can do, make some disruption. I mean, he's not going to be J.J. Watt by any means, but if he can shoot for the stars, he can come close. But uh, outside of of the guys like Davis Mills, you know, he's got some promise to him, guy like Jonathan Grenard. What do you think some of the other strengths are that might be overlooked on this Houston football team? Uh, for the two strengths of this team, I would say I'll, I'll go on both sides of the ball. On defense, the secondary – the Houston Texans probably had one of the worst cornerback groups in the NFL last season. It wasn't really talked about because, frankly, Houston started losing games so quickly that teams didn't have to pass. But they did about as much as possible to upgrade the cornerback group uh, after that. So they went ahead, they took Derek Stingley third overall. The way that Lovey Smith is talking about using him is that Stingley might even travel with the team's best receiver. Uh, Steven Nelson was signed from the Philadelphia Eagles. He'll start at the opposite boundary corner. Uh, Desmond King, who you might remember, used to play on some playoff teams before he went to Houston this past season. Uh, he's a fine corner. Yes, yes. Good college player. He's, he's had some really good pro games. Uh, he will also see some snaps at boundary corner, but historically more successful in the slot. And then a name to look out for is Tavier Thomas. Uh, he really came on late last season, but was probably Houston's best defensive back. So the corners uh, could be a big reason why guys like Jonathan Grenard are better this season. And then on the right. opposite side of the ball, I would talk about the offensive line. Um, it was a mess. It was a real mess last year. Laramie Tunsil sat out a ton of games with a broken thumb. and uh, the, the thought is that might have been a, an elective sitting out in a lost season. But Tunsil doubled down that he wanted to come back. He restructured his contract. They drafted Kenyon Green from Texas A&M in the first round, 15th overall, which puts 2019 first-round draft pick 
Titus Howard back at right tackle. Uh, new offensive line coach George Warhop brought AJ Can. He's a fine left guard. Uh, he's he started a lot of years for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then Justin Britt, former Seattle Seahawks, will be there at center. Uh, the Texans, they say they want their identity to be running the ball, and they've put in a lot of resources to be able to do that uh, this year. So I would say the offensive line could be sneaky good, especially if Tunsil returns to form as the elite left tackle that the league knows him as. Right. Texans pretty, like, there's not a lot of, like, name players out there that the average fan would know. Who would you say is, you know, one guy you think is going to really take a step forward this season, kind of be guy that the casual NFL fan might, you know, not have heard of before, but this year's really year he steps out. name by the end of the year. I think that, I mean, guys get known through fantasy football, so I'll go with a, a name on offense. I think, uh, I won't go with a rookie, that's too easy. Nico Collins was the team's third-round pick last year. He's a receiver out of Michigan. Uh, he's easily the biggest body in the receiving group, and he's got this contested CAC skill set that the other guys on the roster don't have. Um, Houston's going to have to throw the ball, and if Nico, he's, it looks like he's set up to get some good one-on-one matchups. Obviously, Brandon Cooks was extended, and then John Mechie, despite the ACL tear, should play in some games this year for Houston. Mm-hmm. So if Nico can really evolve into that boundary receiver, I could see him scoring some touchdowns and a guy that fans recognize from red zone and it becomes a viable flex play for their fantasy teams. Right. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, you touched on a little bit Derek Stingley and that third overall pick. A lot of people didn't have him going that high. Were you happy? Was that a little bit of a reach for you or are you happy? Is that what you wanted? Did you want somebody else? I had a weird dance with Stingley throughout the, pr- the draft process. I mean, obviously, right. his 2020 and 2021 seasons were underwhelming compared to the talent that we saw at his freshman season at LSU. But this was, freshman year. Oh, amazing freshman year. Maybe the best defensive back I've ever seen at the college level, or one of them, certainly. I mean, I think the thought was, what is this guy going to do for the next two years? And almost created impossible expectations for himself. And what I keep right. coming back to with Stingley is this was a very – this was a weak draft at the top. A great depth draft, a draft that's going to create a lot of quality starters. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't like the term that it was a bad draft, but there wasn't a lot of standout talent. So it was really, um, it was beauty in the eye of the beholder. And what they loved about Stingley is I think that Stingley, Stingley's ceiling is better than anyone else they could. I mean, maybe you can make an argument, an argument for Kayvon Thibodeau at the top there as well, but they liked Stingley's ceiling. They like how well he covers and they think that he's, his game's going to translate really well to the pro level if he can stay healthy. And assumably they have a lot of confidence in that. So would it have been my selection? Uh, I had Sauce Gardner as my first cornerback. But I can totally see how and why the team talked themselves indistinctly. Just the way he plays, the attitude he's going to bring to the defense. And that kind of blue chip talent for a team that, like you guys said, it really lacks a lot of name recognition and a lot of that high-end talent. So swinging on the guy that, I mean, I won't be surprised if in two years Stingley's like one of the best eight corners in the league that we talk about as a shutdown guy. Right. Definitely a high risk there. Uh, Third overall, I know probably nobody had him going that high, but a huge reward potentially. Um, So we'll we'll see. Were you happy with our offseason, the whole, you know, draft, free agency, everything? Or do you think they could have? It was a long offseason. I mean, I I think I aged myself by multiple years trying to keep up with the team's <laughs> offseason. So. <laughs> serious, guys. It was it was a long one, but at the at the end, I'm happy. It, there were a lot of up and ups and downs there. 
I think it was pretty um, well advertised how messy Houston's coaching search was. And everyone's going to have their own thoughts on Lovey Smith. I wasn't thrilled when the hire was made. But what Lovey Smith does do is he brings back a lot of credibility to an organization that has lacked it. Some really poor moves made during the Bill O'Brien era. And the organization just kind of needed to put a, some faces out there who are widely respected. And I think Casario, Nick Casario is the team's general manager. He's earning that respect by how well that 2020 draft went, despite not having a first or a second round draft pick. And then now Lovey Smith is uh, one of um, the most highly regarded coaches in the league. I mean, it's we'll, we'll see how he is as a head coach in 2022. The game has changed. But when you listen to Lovey, it sounds like he's ready to change. Then if we go into the personnel side, I thought they, they really aced the draft. I know you guys want to talk about that later, so I'll, I'll hold on my specific thoughts. But in terms of free agency, they were able to bring back a lot of their key guys. Malik Collins is a very talented defensive tackle, is a pass rusher. Hillman, uh, the three-technique tackle. Desmond King, good corner depth. Camus uh, Gruzier Hill is a linebacker they brought back, as well as Christian Kirksey. I think both of them will start at the middle and weak side linebackers. The Texans just, they're not doing a traditional rebuild. They, they really believe that they can evaluate differently than the, less, the rest of the league by looking at the combination of talent and really character. It, it is a culture-driven rebuild, and I'm not sure it's going to work at all, but they, they made substantial moves to get better, and they have a direction that uh, we'll definitely be able to point to, whether it succeeds and fails. And I think uh, for an NFL organization that's trying to rebuild, having uh, a, a poignant and clear way that you're going is good. So, yes, I was happy with the offseason. All right. So here's the other big Texan offseason stories. We've got Mr. Burpee over there. Obviously, John Watson, everybody knew about him. We'll stay out of like, you know, the quirkies and all that. But how do you think he's going to perform this year? If We don't if, have to if, say about anything. We don't have to stay out of anything. This is our show. There was you a, say whatever you want. Also, there was, another, there was another court case filed against yeah, him. Uh, so. that's yes, there was. 20, 23. It looks like 24 is coming tomorrow. I don't know if you guys saw that. I did not see that, but. Let's <laughs> say <laughs> he does play. How do you think he's going to do in Cleveland? I mean. Deshaun Watson was probably my my favorite football player I've ever watched before all of this. If you go back 18 months, extremely talented player, um, great thrower of the football, great feel for the game. I imagine he'll play really well in that Kevin Stefanski Cleveland system. I could imagine a very quick rapport with Amari Cooper. You know, he's already trying to save face with the PR stuff, bringing out the whole offense to a I think they all went to the Bahamas like two weeks ago. And as yeah. much of a PR grab as that is, I do think Deshaun's a guy who legitimately invests in his teammates, and we could see that pay dividends pretty quickly. Uh, I, I don't know how much he's going to play. I'm not going to comment on that because I get crazy Cleveland fans every time I try to talk about how long I think he's going to be suspended for. Yeah, but in terms of <laughs> – yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to stay away from the suspension. But in terms of the quality of football player – that Cleveland acquired, I think Deshaun Watson is somewhere between the fifth to eighth best quarterback in the National Football League. Mm. And if he is the guy that we saw in Houston, they're going to make quite the serious contention for not just that division, but the entire AFC. I agree, especially with that defense, that offensive line, Nick Chubb, those threats on receiver. That's mm-hmm. a good thing, head to toe. I, I thought they were going to have the best record in the NFL uh, last year. In our one of our preseason episodes, 
and that was a bad take. I will say that. But um, I mean, nobody could have seen the regression from Baker and playing through right. that. A, a, a lot had to go wrong in Cleveland last year for them to yeah. perform as well. Yeah, and it did. So, and I think that so I not only think that Deshaun's a huge upgrade. You're adding a top seven quarterback for a team that's due for positive regression across the board. Right. It, it could be scary. I mean. I, I can't really think of a scenario where it doesn't work unless he forgot how to play football. The funniest, funniest thing reading about is Stefanski said that Deshaun's lazy on his play action. He doesn't he doesn't fake the uh, or on the run the run the run plays that he doesn't fake that he might pass it very well. Like okay. you know that's that's the caliber of guy when you're trying to critique that they're looking at. So mm-hmm. that Cleveland could be scary. For Good sure. year to be a Browns fan. Um, Texans finished last year four and thirteen, third in the division. Which is a bad record. Four and thirteen, you go that in any division, uh, you're last. But good thing you were there with the Jags, because uh, you know. But looking ahead this year, as far as regular season, seventeen games. What do you think that record's going to be, and where do you see them finishing up in the division? I think that uh, their Vegas. I know their over under win totals four and a half. They won four games last year. It's it's tough because they do play a very difficult schedule. But on paper, they are a substantially better football team than they were last year. Uh, right, this is year two of Davis Mills. They had one of the best offensive coordinator hires of the offseason. The offensive line is a lot better. Sneaky uh, I know, good offensive line. Yes, yeah, sneaky good. Damian Pierce and Marlon Mack are kind of kind of be their one-two punch in the backfield. I mean, that's a lot for a fourth-round rookie and a guy that we haven't really seen since he tore his Achilles, but... Uh, I went. I went to the Senior Bowl. I'm pretty partial to Damian Pierce. I, I think he's a great player. I think he was underutilized at Florida. Uh, it's a, it's a, yes, go Gators. It's a nice receiving core with Brandon Cooks, uh, Nico Collins, John Mechie, and the defense should be better just by virtue of they added three top 100 defensive picks to the defense and hired a longtime defensive head coach in Lovey Smith. So I have to say they will win more games than last year. But I'm sure every guest is going to say. He was averaging like over like four and a half yards a carry, and the most carries he got in a game I think was like 12, 13. It's insane. Very underutilized, but hey, he's got a lot fresher legs than all these other running backs that carried the ball, you know, however many times a game. 20, but uh, yeah, I think he'll be a good one this year, yeah. Um, now, Zach, it's it's about that time. Put him all through right. that torch. All right, so I ask this question to every guest, and of course I have to ask it on the AFC South episode. How many wins for the Jags this year? Number one pick in the draft this past year. How many wins do you think they get? I'm higher on the Jags than most people who watch you. I, I think the Jags will win like seven, seven or eight games. They they spent so much money. I'm I'm sure. Look at yeah. Look at, look, look at the last the last five years of the teams who spent the most money in free agency. It's not exactly the best thing to do if you're money because you kind of have to pay a money for B players. But it does correlate to an average of about, I think I saw it was like four to five wins more. You could not possibly have, like the way they were coached last year reminded me of how bad the Bill O'Brien 2020 team was when they went four and 12, despite Deshaun Watson leading the league in passing. I think they're due <laughs> for a lot of positive regression just in terms of Doug Peterson is competent. They added another draft class. They brought in a boatload of talented free agents. How talented? That's up for debate. I don't really love Christian Kirk getting paid that kind of money. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, no one, no one does. But I, I think they're due, and I'm a big Trevor Lawrence guy. I'm going to say seven or eight games. Okay, sweet. Okay. It's respectable. My, uh, my last question for you is: Can you say it's the year of the beer? 
the year, uh, what, what am I, my, uh, for, oh, I didn't realize everyone had their camera on until just now. I couldn't see <laughs> oh, you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> there he is. Oh, man, guys, apologies. Um, what am I affirming if I say it's the year of the beard? You're, you're affirming. Um, us. No, you're the first. Person, you're the first person to ask that. I wasn't prepared for that. You're affirming, I mean, I, you're affirming us. You're affirming, you're affirming beerly sports. Oh, because I I do love beer, but yes, I will also affirm beerly sports. Love what you guys are doing. Thank you. Thanks for having me on to talk Texans. Yeah. Is there anything? You Absolutely, want to talk? man. Is there anything you, you got want anything to talk before you want to head out? Not really. No. If you guys want more Texans coverage, they can follow me at John H Crumpler on Twitter. Thanks again, guys, for having me on. All right, man. Absolutely. It's great having Thanks you. For having. Davis Mills is going to stun the world. He is. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Bye, guys. Have a good night. All right. We've done Colts. We've done Texans. It's time. Tits. Of last year. Tits. Tits. All right. We're going to talk some Titans. we got Kylan here from the first podcast. How are we doing tonight? I'm doing good. You know, doing as beautiful as the beer I was drinking. I just kind of downed it. What do you, what what you have tonight? Um, it's Mechalop Ultra Pure okay. Gold Organic Light uh, mm-hmm. Lager. But, you know, I, I just started recently working out, so I'm trying to, you know what I'm saying, I'm trying to get right. And I got you. Yeah. I got you. Fair enough. Okay, okay. I got to hey, gotta... work out. Or the more beer you can have, you know? That's true. Yeah. more space you have for your beer, you know? So I got a question for you as a Titans fan. Are you ready? I am ready. Are you a tits or an ass man? What? I I will say I'm an ass man. That's my, but, my boy. <laughs> you know, uh, but, you know, I love my tits for Titans, you know? Yeah. I I want to pause. Zach has never ever acted like this before. Listen, I'm on beer three, and we're only like we're less than an hour into recording, so why not? I'm running out of beer. Too. All right, football time. Brian Congratulations on having Derrick Henry. I will say that to start out, start right away. Congrats on winning the division, twelve and five. Great season last season, but congrats on having Derrick Henry. You think he's the best player in the NFL? Um, he's definitely the best player. Um, I think a lot of people kind of forgot about that because of his injury last year, and then his performance in the playoff game. It wasn't his best performance uh, coming off that injury, but yeah. I think based off of seeing his uh, off-season videos and his training, and you know, pictures of him looking bigger than ever before, I think he's going to have another great year. We actually had a guest on earlier this year that said Derrick Henry would be the greatest running back of all time. Yeah, by the end of his career. Anywhere near possible. Um, I think it's possible. I mean, with his regimen, I see I know he's he works out um a ton and he has that durability factor. Um I don't know if he has that Frank Gore durability factor, but uh <laughs> you know <laughs> I think as long as he stays with the Titans because it's just a good fit for the type of player he is he he does best in the second half um he gets most of his yards in the second half so mm-hmm. you know him getting fed 30 35 carries is is really his strength mm-hmm. gotcha gotcha well another another big star power big name on that offense last year aj brown no longer with the team how was 
How did it feel around uh, Titans Nation? How were you guys feeling when that news broke? Um, I would like to say Titans Nation, we're slowly moving on. Um, uh-huh. You know, it was it was really it hurt really bad to see that happen. You did not see that coming at all, did you? I did not. I was like, anybody did pause. I was, <laughs> I was looking at the camera and I was just like, oh my gosh, like what is going on? Because we saw, oh, we traded. And we were like, oh, yeah, excited. Then we saw A.J. Brown. We were like, that didn't just happen, did it? Yeah. Our best receiver, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, still can't believe it, but we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to look, be optimistic as possible. Well, look, yeah, it's hard to lose a guy like A.J. Brown. He's a great receiver. He's got top three, top five at worst potential in the league when it comes to the young receiver position. But replace them with a guy – Traylon Burks, who I'm not going to compare him to A.J. Brown at all. But he is a guy I liked a lot in this draft, and I think there's a lot of promise there. So whenever you guys are over A.J. Brown, I think Traylon Burks will be there to help you guys out this year. But as far as the guy throwing him the ball, when do you want to see Malik Willis? <laughs> it would be very interesting. I think every there's a lot of hype around uh, how the train, how training camp and really hype around uh, preseason. We're really going to see. Hopefully, he has a legendary preseason like Dak Prescott did with the Cowboys um, in his when his rookie year. Um, but we're really interested. We know most likely Tannehill's going to start and Tannehill's going to play at the beginning of the season. I really don't see. Um, him overtaking Tannehill unless Tannehill just starts coming out throwing three interceptions a game or just starts turning the ball over a lot. But yeah. um, Malik Willis, he, he has a lot of talent. We all know that he's going to be the starting quarterback in probably two or three years. Are you really surprised he fell that low and that Titans were able to scoop him up? Oh, my goodness. I think everybody was surprised. Yeah, um, I was the Titans picked him up. That was the was best value that. pick maybe of the draft, uh, honestly. Um, getting a guy like Malik Willis, who was considered one probably the best quarterback in the draft to a lot of people, and getting him in the third round, that was really a steal. Yeah, I agree. Now, do you live in the Tennessee area, Nashville area? Yes, Nashville. I've, I've been in Nashville for about 20 years of my life, uh, so. Seen a lot of Titans football. I've been there once and I loved it. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't wait to go back. Yeah, it's growing and and so are the rent prices. <laughs> uh, go back to visit. Excuse me, I will not be living there, <laughs> but I will be visiting. Yeah, you know what they say about the Broadway girls. Anyways, talking about the quarterback, um, you personally, because uh, I want to know your thoughts. You know, you're the guest. You matter. What What did you think personally when Ryan Tannehill said it is not my job to mentor Malik Willis? Um, I, I, well, I don't personally know Ryan Tannehill, but just off of his interviews and things he said in the past and how his teammates, uh, react to what he said. Um, I really don't believe that was his intentions. It might've got cut out of context a little bit, but, um, it might have, I, can... I only saw like a seven second video. I'm, I'm probably the victim of that. It was probably some, some normal response. And I'm like, Oh, he hates him. You know, yeah, and 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 Malik Malik Willis did a great job in the response to the media asking him about those questions, and he was just saying how much of a great guy he invited him over. He texted him. If you're watching videos of them practice, he's over there clapping whenever Malik uh, Willis um, throws the ball or does well in a drill and does things right. He's clapping right behind him. Um, and I, I really, I really think it's it's a great thing. 
to see Ryan Tannehill in this position because Marcus Mariota was in the same position at one point, right. and Ryan Tannehill was that guy coming in that was new. And um, just from that experience, hopefully he learned something from Marcus Mariota and how he dealt with that situation and treated Ryan Tannehill, and he he passes it along and, and knows that um, at least – acknowledges when Malik Willis uh, does something good or or is contributing right. to the team. Uh-huh. And I will say, I do a lot of Ryan Tannehill slander, a lot of Ryan Tannehill hate on this podcast. Me I'm too. not going to do it in front of our guests, <laughs> but I will say Ryan Tannehill is one of the guys in the NFL where I think he could use somebody behind him, pause, um, like spurring him along, you know, getting him yeah. going. Guy like him, guy like Jimmy G. So we'll see how that pans out, you know. Oh yeah, and and I would say also, um, I was saying the same thing in the pre in after the playoff game and in the preseason. I said this is actually good for um, Ryan Tannehill's career because you know with that competition is going to fill him to just not be complacent. And then also, you know, I can counter the Ryan Tannehill hate. You know, Ryan Tannehill has been the best quarterback whenever he has a dynamic tight end, and I think Austin Hooper is gonna rejuvenate that offense um the Titans were top five offense in the nfl when they had uh johnny smith who's one of the best red zone tight ends so right. um yeah that was something i wanted to touch on actually i'm glad you brought that up austin hooper he's a guy that could be a you know i mean outside of the top three four five tight ends this really seems like it's an open race every year for that next uh tier of tight ends yeah. and johnny smith was there when he was in tennessee and thankfully he fell off when he went to new england because i love Seeing wow. the Patriots fail, Me but too. yeah, Austin, I love to be that guy there. Find those Johnny Smith rules shoes. Oh, would you? Uh, would you say? I'm sorry. Did I cut out? Cut out. Yeah. Uh, no, I was just saying. I think uh, Austin Hooper could be a guy that could produce just like uh, Johnny Smith did a couple years ago. Oh yeah. Now, um, you guys finished twelve and five last year. Obviously, won the division. What do you think it's going to look like? What do you think it's going to shake out to look like this year as far as wins, loss, as far as first in the division, second? Yeah, now with the Titans, it's very difficult to to really look at their record and what it's going to be. I really think is they're going to go 10 and 7. Um, I, I, I mean, it's hard to say because you went number one in the AFC um, without Derrick Henry the majority of the year. And at Mike Vrabel as co- uh, at coach – you know you're going to win a lot of games because he's just a genius. Um, but I would say 10-7, but just because the AFC has loaded up on talent this offseason, it's, it's going to be a hard um, – it's really going to be hard to be that number one spot. But I do see us winning the division. Um, really, our only competition is the Colts. Um, and I really see us winning all our division games, probably losing to the Colts at uh, Indianapolis because somehow we forget to play football when we go to Indy. But um, – <laughs> You know, uh, ten and seven sounds good. Um, but the only the reason why I really say that is because we do well against playoff teams. Like last year, at one point we were five and zero against playoff teams. Uh, we we consistently beat the Bills. Uh, Derrick Henry runs all over them, and we consistently uh, beat the Chiefs. We we beat a lot of good playoff teams. So that really doesn't scare me in our schedule. And our schedule is like nineteenth ranked, I think, uh, strength of schedule this year. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, Zach, every time you got to ask your question, Zach. Yeah, it's my favorite question. So excited. It's, actually, it's my second favorite question. My favorite question is the one I asked him earlier. All right, my ne- <laughs> but my second favorite question is, 
So the Jaguars finished last in the division, last in the NFL last season, got the first overall pick. How many wins do you think that they get this year? I believe the Jags will get five wins. Now, I say okay. I know they don't have Urban Meyer anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's a positive for them. Yeah. Uh, for but sure. I say five mostly because I, I really feel like in the they didn't have the best draft. And they really should have dressed more on the offensive line than they did. I agree. And I think that's very key when it comes to rebuilding and really building around a team. Yeah. Uh, you do have their future quarterback, and they do have a lot of hype going around them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say the uh, – I say five wins is good. Okay. Um, I really think the Texans are actually building a pretty nice roster, so I really still see them being last in the division. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I strongly disagree. <laughs> you always do. <laughs> Trevor, your turn. My last question for you is, can you say it's the year of the beer for the Beerly Sports? It is the year of the beer. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Such a beautiful, beautiful sentence. You got it. I know you got a podcast. Anything you want to plug before you head out tonight? Uh, yes, you can get my sports takes on Twitter, verse 615, you know, Nashville area code, got to rep it. Um, and also I have a verse podcast. Um, you can catch me on um, Spotify, uh, also on Anchor as well, Anchor Gang. Anchor um, Gang. But yeah, that's my plug. <laughs> do you drink beer? Uh, I do drink beer. Um, I've been drinking beer for... Quite some time now. Okay. Yeah. Um, ne- next time I'm in Nashville, beer's on me, man. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we can we can go down to Broadway, get you some cowboy boots. Uh huh. Have a great time, man. Hat. I should have worn it. <laughs> next episode. <laughs> yeah. So get his cowboy hat. I'm gonna have to send y'all some Titans gear. Dude, if you send me Titans gear, I'll wear it on the show, even though I'm a Jags fan. This is okay. Okay. Whoa. Whoa. There, no, we got there he is. Happen. Like, like if, okay. If, 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 okay. How much? Yes, sir. Gotta love it. Go Titans. All right. Thanks for coming on, Verse. You great. All right. You this season. Go Titans. Go Titans. Tighten up. See y'all. See you, man. Have a good All right, Zach. I'm not alone. It's taken like how many episodes, but you finally have another Jags fan. I'm not alone. We got John here tonight. Talk some Jaguars. We had John here tonight. We have John here. Talk some Jaguars. How are you doing tonight, John? What's going on, fellas? How are you doing? It's good to be not alone. You know. Zach is our, our resident Jags fan. So, uh, honestly, Zach asks the same question every single guest we have. Zach, ask it right now. Just okay. go for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, obviously, our boys did not do well last year. Uh, you know, finishing last in the league, getting the first overall pick. Uh, again. Uh, how many wins do you think they, they get next season? Conservatively six. Optimistically eight. Okay. okay. No conservatives on this podcast. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Did I, did I say conservatively? I meant overly optimistic. 12 there wins. we go. Wow. 12 wins. There we go. That brought the average way up. 
<laughs> yeah. Here, here's my first. Here's my first question. Who'd you vote for? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <All right. laughs> were you disappointed with the first round pick, or were you happy with the first overall pick? Did you want Hutchinson, or were you happy with Walker? Well, I was kind of indifferent on the pick for the most part, but now looking back on it, I'm very happy looking at the size comparison of the two. Considering the Detroit Lions got a guy with T-Rex arms, and the uh, the Jaguars got somebody that looks like Aaron Donald, so. Yeah, I mean, I was I was upset at the pick. Um, the way I was looking at it, I was either okay, let's get Hutchinson, who's a little bit more proven, or trade back, pick up an offensive lineman, help out Trevor Lawrence in that offense. But uh, I'm okay with the pick now. I've softened on my hatred towards uh, the pick. So I was again. That's fair. So, John, you what know, are your biggest strengths for this team heading into the season? I think honestly, you've got one that's a front runner right now, and then I do think the uh, the running back room is going to be a sneaky strength uh, in the yeah, later half of the year. First round pick this year, Travis Etienne coming back. Absolutely, you have James Robinson, who is a former thousand yard running back, and he would have repeated if Urban Miller wasn't a complete buffoon and actually gave him more than 120 carries in 14 games. Would have been nice. And you, <laughs> exactly. And then you have Snoop Connor coming in as a, uh, I believe, as a fifth round pick, 26 touchdowns in 34 games. Man is an absolute bruiser, and you want to take the load off of those two coming back from major career-altering foot injuries. Snoop Connor is absolutely who you want to do that. And then the front seven of your defense is another one. You talk about three uh, linebackers that were considered arguably the three best linebackers in this draft class. You're adding that to Josh Allen, and then also somebody that is seventh all-time in combined tackles in the National Football League, in the history of the National Football League, in Foyer Aluikin, 190. Foyer! Let's go! I'm so excited about this guy. Front seven is going to be nasty. Opposing quarterbacks, beware. Jonathan Taylor, uh, Derrick Henry, mark your calendars, because you're going to want to take six days on that. Oh, man, I love this guy! I love this guy! Oh, man! Oh, okay. I need to calm down. <laughs> I got a question for you. A little falling away from the uh, Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor threats. <laughs> Three guys you brought in this year. You talked about Travis Etienne. He was in this question, but I'm taking him out since you mentioned him. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram. Who are you most excited about out of those uh, group of three guys? Honestly, it's probably going to come as a surprise, but I'm really excited for Zay Jones. Very excited. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. You look at what he did, you know, when he was in Buffalo, no. yeah, he, he was playing with a Josh Allen that was atrocious. I think we can all agree at that in his early years. Once he got to Vegas, though, Derek Carr absolutely showed what he can do with them. He was, I think the lowest uh, catch rate he ever had was 65%. Mm. If you, 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 feed, you force feed him targets, he's going to catch the ball, and he has the frame to be your traditional X wide receiver, which the Jaguars need desperately. Yep. Absolutely. Everybody was so high on who was in Marvin Jones last year. Dude's nothing but a number three. Dude, shit the bed. <laughs> like to put it to put it uh to put it <laughs> lightly. Oh, man. Are you missing? Okay. Wow. wow, let's go right now. <laughs> Fight! Fight! Jerry, you go first. Are you happy or sad that Shark went to Detroit? I'm indifferent on Chark. Chark's no different than Juju Smith-Schuster. Whoa, Gary, that's a tweet. That's a tweet. Juju versus Chark. I'm going to write yeah. that in the notes. If, if you want mid-tier performance for four games out of the year, enjoy him, Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Shout out to Jared Goff, though. He's that guy. No, he's not. How, how were you obviously getting Urban Meyer out of town was the first, uh, first order of operations this offseason. But with all the names you could have replaced them with, how excited are you that you ended up with Doug, Dougie boy Peterson? I, initially, I was super standoffish about Doug because initially I I had heard the rumors that, you know, Carson Wentz and Doug really hated each other. They got to the point where they weren't speaking with each other, and that scared the hell out of me because I didn't want my franchise quarterback once again dealing with the turmoil yeah. of a head coach that's a moron. But, you know, listening to Doug talk, I've heard a lot of – I've talked to some Philly fans. They've said, no, it was really just Carson being an ass. Yeah, it really it was wasn't Doug. So – I really warmed up to Doug, and I couldn't be I couldn't be excited more excited. He's the first uh, head coach to come in with a Super Bowl ring, so I'm over the moon about the hire at this point. Are you more excited about uh, James Robinson getting consistent carries, or are you more excited about Travis Etienne being there, being healthy? Ooh, that's tough. That was a good one. Asking the hard hitting ones tonight. I'm going to go Travis Etienne because he he offers something that James Robinson does. He offers two things, honestly. James Robinson's like the minivan going down the highway. Travis Etienne's like that sports car that's going to blow past you. Yeah. And, I, you know, he's the ACC all-time leading rusher. He's been a 2,000-yard all-purpose uh, man. So what he offers out of the backfield, I couldn't be more excited for that. Yeah, me too. I'm not fantasy-wise, but. You're talking about the Jags, baby. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Jacksonville, I was in Jacksonville this past weekend. I just left there this morning. Had to come back. City. Well, I was over. I kind of drove through Jacksonville. I was at Amelia Island, kind of sunburnt. But it was still Beautiful. nice. I had to watch the Jacksonville news. Got some oh, Jacksonville yeah. hot dogs. There we go. <laughs> Weenies, 10 a.m. Pause. All right, Jags finished 3-14 this past year. Last in the division. Zach was surprised I wasn't. What are you looking for this year? Your official prediction as a Jags fan. 17 games. What's that record looking like? Where are you finishing the division? You already gave it. Uh, like I said, optimistic. Oh, 5-6. I do think they start off really hot, and then they have just a murderer's row of games in yeah, the middle of the do. season. That's crazy. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous just the amount of uh, former MVPs they have to face in the middle of the season, a lot of them on the road. Mm-hmm. And But I do think the Texans are actually going to – I think Davis Mills is going to take a step back. You can add all the, uh, the third-round players you want to in the draft, but at the end of the day, they're third-round players. And Davis Mills needs more than that, and I do think he's going to take a step back. So I, th- I have the Jags finishing third in the division and hopefully splitting at least with the Titans. Yeah. Okay. What do you think the biggest weakness is for the Jags heading into this season? Uh, absolutely, their offensive line. You yeah. look at their offensive line at 80% potential turnover. The only potential returner, uh, returning starter from 2021 is Cam Robinson. Yeah. And I know outside of Jacksonville, that name really doesn't raise a whole lot of red fl- um of flags about how good of a player he is. You're looking at a guy that played in a Division three school, Brandon Sheriff, who, like DJ Chark, is good when he's healthy, but how long is he going to be healthy? Yeah. And then you have Juwan Taylor can't get right, and another third-round pick that's looking to be your starting center or a backup, mm-hmm. uh, perennial backup lineman. So, absolutely the offensive line. Yeah. I, I actually uh, made a bet last year that Brandon Scherf would get hurt, and I didn't have to eat a picture of his face because he did get hurt. So No, you were going to eat his whole body, pal, not just his face. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. 
All right, and I know we mentioned Walker in the first round pick, but as the draft as a whole, were you happy with it, or you thought they could have done better? Well, looking back at what they did with free agency, it definitely seemed like uh, Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson had a plan for what they wanted to do this offseason, build the uh, offense through free agency, and then build the defense through the draft. Mm-hmm. The fir- uh, Three of the first four picks and five of the seven total draft picks were defensive selections, and I when you look at them, there were there were big holes all across that defense. They needed another pass rusher. They got him. They needed a bunch of linebacker help. They got two great ones. And then on top of that, you know, you got a, two really good uh, quality corners at the back end of the draft in the sixth and seventh round. So overall, I couldn't. I I have no problems with it. There are people. I wanted a wide receiver in the draft, but at the same time, I understand their plan. Looking back at it now, so I'm happy with it. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, what, who do you think is going to be the you know household name that kind of breaks out that nobody really knew about last year? This is the year he kind of breaks out. Who who's your guy for the Jacks this year? Offense or defense? What your choice? Whatever. Could or be the coach. coach. Or trainer. Long, long snapper. Who cares? Just why not? <laughs> I'm going to go Tyson Campbell, cornerback. He, uh, you know, you look at AJ Terrell from the Falcons. He had a really decent year, his rookie year, and then his second year he became an All Pro. The, is he from Georgia, Tyson Campbell? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, second round pick from Georgia in 2020 or 2021. And you look at that leap that Terrell made from his rookie year to his second year, I think uh, Tyson Campbell is poised to have that exact same leap. You know, he's got a bunch of front-end help now to really get pressure on the quarterback, and I do think you're going to see a huge leap in his performance, and he's absolutely going to become a household man in 2022. Okay. Yeah. I, li- I don't like that it's a bulldog, but I like it. It's a good prediction, good question. Good, good answer. <laughs> Zach, your question's gone. Do you do you have a last question you want to ask him? Uh, sure. Uh, over under Trevor Lawrence passing yards thirty five hundred plus over. Okay. Smashing the over. Okay. Smashing. Smash. Yeah, Good. that's definitely over. I like it. I like it. Oh my god, Chris Taylor and Doug Peterson. I'd I'd bet the over on forty one fifty. What about interceptions? Fourteen and a half. I mean, that's only that'd be three less than what he threw in twenty twenty one. So I'm I'm gonna go under on that one. Yeah. I can't imagine him having anywhere close to that again. Yeah, I can. <laughs> Especially with Travis Etienne back. Uh, hopefully, oh, yeah. James yeah. Robinson yeah. getting more carries. Yeah. Four and Shout thirteen. Out carry. Shout out to Carry. Four and thirteen. No. Never <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah, the Jaguars actually have some confidence now. I don't think Doug Peterson would have ever had thrown a rookie quarterback in his first game. To uh, throw fifty-one passes in his rookie debut, so yeah, I, mean, I definitely think there's some confidence in that room now. Do you think is there a worse coach than him last season? Who's terrible? No, like the answer is no. The answer Hugh Jackson? No. Would you rather no. have him or Hugh Jackson? It Hugh was, Jackson. I've never I'd seen rather worse have Hugh Jackson. Was it, were they three fourteen and one? Yeah, yes. without a doubt, Hugh Jackson. Without a doubt. Which, just like I wouldn't even. There's no second guessing that. It's no. Yeah. Hugh Jackson knew the names of his players. Hugh Jackson knew the players that on the team he was facing. He didn't. Hugh Jackson I, didn't get a lap dance though. So I'm <laughs> I'm thinking Urban Meyer's better. As, as valid as that may be, you know, did Hugh Jackson ever call the Arizona Cardinals the Phoenix Cardinals? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know the Aaron Aaron, Aaron Donald story too. Aaron Donald Who's story. Ninety nine on the. Team? Yeah, just one of the greatest defensive players. Oh, like, oh my god! Yeah. All right. Trevor, 
Yes. I know what you, your question is. Oh, can you say it's the year of the beer? It's the year of the beer? Confidently say it like you mean it. It's the year of the beer. There we go. I'll say it. Go Jags. Go Jags. Hey, go Jags. Duval. Duval. Anything, hey, one more thing. Anything one more you want to plug or anything? What's up? Anything you want to plug tonight? Hey, absolutely. Check me out at Jags Fan Cave on YouTube, at Jags Fan Cave on Twitter. And uh, one more thing. To the Hall of Fame voters, put Fred Taylor in the Hall of Fame. Please. Just because he played in Jacksonville does not mean he is not deserving of being in that Hall of Fame. He was one of the best to ever do it. And just because he played in a stacked era does not mean he wasn't one of the best to ever do it. Put Fred Taylor in the Hall of Fame, you cowards. That's the exact guy with that statement. They don't listen to the Barely Football Podcast. We're calling him out. <laughs> oh, God. Hall of Fame, come at us. Fred Taylor, put him in. Hey, Fred Taylor, put him in. Well, thanks for coming on, John. Good luck to the Jags season. Hopefully, we'll double your wins or something. Let's go, Jags! Let's go, Jags, baby. Thanks for having me on, guys. Have a good night. Dude, that was one of the most cathartic experiences I've ever been a part of. Having another Jags yeah. fan on the podcast. I think the Jags fans actually besides you. Huh? I didn't know any other Jags fan existed besides you. I didn't either. It was great. I know, it's crazy, Great right? Great to meet one, yeah. Who was, who was a quarterback they had a while ago? Number eight, he was white. Uh, I know who you're talking about, but I can't remember his name. It, like, he was not super popular. I saw his jersey today at a gas station. I saw a Jags jersey coming out. I was like, all right, he's from East Jones Drew. Saw it was a single number. I'm like, okay, David Garrard. Saw it wasn't a nine. I'm like, Byron Lethbridge? You're like, what's going <laughs> I had no. It, it, it caught me off guard. It threw me back a minute. But, uh, Dude, I would, I would pay good game. money for a David Garrard jersey. I'm not lying. He was that bro in Madden. Dude. Oh you know who was really that guy in Madden? One of my favorite Madden players of all time. Terrell Pryor. One of my favorite quarterback of all Terrell time. Pryor. <laughs> I'm talking about Madden Live, like, way back in the day. Michael Vick? Okay, okay Garth. legend, Donovan McNabb. Oh, Dude, yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> Jeez. Mark right. Brunel. Mark the Brunel. There you go. Mark yeah. Brunel. Shout out to my my uh, my intellect into intelligent roommate. Zach, I think we asked you this before. Who, who do you think's the best Jags quarterback of all time? Brunel's Tim Tebow. up there. <laughs> um, uh, probably give me Brunel. David Garrard to ham sandwich. I would, I would either go Brunel or Garrard. Fair. Yeah. All right. I, I'm I'm partial to Gerard. Speaking of questions, it's rapid fire time. Speaking of coming, wait, Terry, we got to yes. do something for Zach. You know, it, this is the podcast. We only have one more division after this. This is when Zach asked us our official prediction for the oh. Jacksonville Jaguars, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him his spot on the floor. I'm gonna put the flashlight right on him. Go for it, Zach. All right, boys. It is the AFC South episode. So. I've asked every guest so far. I haven't asked you guys yet. What is your guys' official prediction for Jaguars wins this season? I'll go first. Um, what did you say, Kerry? Five. Five? I don't want to be a follower. I was going to say five. So good. Like, I think the Jags would be better. Just the AFC is so talented this year. It's yeah. like, it's going to be I'm hard. I'm going to say six. I'm going to say six. Okay. 
Okay. I don't hate it. Both I was a hater, but I I'll see, say six. Like eight maybe is the you know the highest I can get. Yeah, I, I said anywhere from six to nine, I, I'd be happy. That's fair. All right, six Rap- to nine. Wait, yeah. ranking division. Oh, we already did that at the beginning. Yeah, yeah I did. Come on. Make sure you're paying attention. Rapid fire time. I love rapid fire time. This is my favorite part of the show, by the way, Carrie. That's part I of love show. the fact that you put this together for us. I know. People don't love me, but some people do. Who is the best Whoa, defense? Tossing, my Who's boy. All right. Who is the best defense hey. in the NFL heading into the next season? The best D? Do you have best multiple D? choice, or do I have to just answer off the top of my head? I just gave some suggestions like Packers, Bills, Saints, Rams. I mean, Dolphins. There's, there's a decent amount. But who do you think is the best one on paper heading into the next season? I mean, the Rams are pretty easy. They won the Super Bowl. They got Aaron Donald. Like, they're an easy choice. I love what the Saints did this year. Too, I'm so. leaning Saints. Yeah, I was going to say Saints. Saints. Yeah. They need a good offense. They're dangerous. Yeah. They're getting Lamar Jackson. Just just wait. <laughs> All right. Where do you rank Cooper Cup among wide receivers heading into the next season? In terms of fantasy or, like, ability? Ability, overall. Ability? Um, top 15. What the fuck? Let it marinate. Um, Cooper Cup, next year. 15. Cooper Cup. I said top Good. 15. I'm a hater. I'm a Cooper Cup hater, so I'm going to say top six. But I'm a hater. Even six isn't bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably like three, maybe. Yeah, but I'm a hater. I think, but I here's, a hater, thing, I here's the him, thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I would have him I think, top three, four. I think, I think Cooper Cup I think Cooper Cup greatly benefits from the fact that... If you that, think Matthew Stafford, shut up. We're moving to the next question. That's not what I was going to say, but okay. We're going to move to the next question, I guess, because Kerry's angry. <laughs> Shout out to Allen Robinson. Sure. You can steal one player from the Lions for your team. So, Jags, Jared Goff. Who are you taking? Who's their best Peyton? offensive lineman? <laughs> Jared Goff. Best center in the league, Frank Ragnow or it, Penny Sewell. Uh, I go Sewell. I'm taking Aiden Hutchinson. From who? The Lions? Lions. For your oh, team, yeah. right? Aiden so, it'd be for too. the Bucks. Yeah, Aiden would be dirty. I think Hawk and Brady would be good, too, though. Yeah. All right, who is more underrated? We got... I thought he was just asking, who's more underrated? We got yeah, A.J. Terrell and Javon Holland. Carrie's more underrated. What was the question? Oh. A.J. Terrell and Javon Holland, one of the best young cornerbacks and one of the best Ooh. young safeties in the NFL. You know, shout out to Nando. Nando has put me on the Holland train. He's, He's only got big. like 60,000 followers on Instagram, so I'm going to say him. And people kind of know Terrell. Terrell's yeah, really yeah that's Terrell. what I was going to say. I was going to say AJ, AJ Terrell's kind of... And Holland is that guy. Shout out to Nando. Holland's a beast. All right. Pick one in their prime. Kurt Warner, Brett Favre, Donovan McNabb, Mike Vick. Oh, God. That prime, like one prime season or like prime talent, prime ability, Michael Vick. Kurt Warner. Zach, did you say Kurt Cousins in this week, Harry? What? Shut the fuck up. Was Kirk Cousins one of the options? No. No. Give me McNabb. Give me McNabb. Best of both worlds. I respect that. I like that. He's great on Madden. All right. Who would you draft first in an all-time fantasy football draft? So any player, any era, who would you take first fantasy football-wise? 
Randy Mock. Mm-hmm. I'm taking 2006 LT. Ooh. Highest fantasy, highest fantasy points of all time in the season. Uh, what about what about 20? What was it 2013? Peyton Manning. Let's um, um, give me that prime Randy Moss, man. That give me... or 2021 Evan McPherson. Give me prime your Kyle Pitts. Give me prime. Uh, give me prime Marshall Falk. There, I got. I got some hate for in PPR. Speed. In PPR, let me just specify. In PPR, always PPR. Yes, CMC is the second best fantasy season all time. I got some hate for putting him on there too. Sadly. Who? Who? Christian McCaffrey. All right. True or false? Jalen Hurts will be the Eagles' starting quarterback in 2023. False. Zach, I knew you were saying true. I'm gonna say true. I'm a believer. Trevor, I think he's gonna have the exact same season he had this past season, and I don't think that's enough to to bring him back again. Sadly. But I can see him landing somewhere else next year and starting. But for the Eagles, nah. Unless he he hooks up with uh, AJ Brown, pause uh, really well. (laughs) Top or bottom trio in their bottom. Bottom for every time. Bottom for sure. This question depends on when you're born. Top: Aaron Rodgers, Adrian Peterson, Antonio Brown. Bottom: Dan Marino, Emmitt Smith, Chris Carter. Who was the running back on the top? Adrian Peterson. Top. Oh, top. Come on, bro. Yeah, it's not even close. Because you're all biased. No, what? And sports don't count before, like, 1995. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's where your opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> all right. Wait, what was the bottom What was the bottom three again? Dan Marino. Okay. So Dan Marino and Aaron Rodgers are very, very comparable. I'd take Aaron Rodgers over Dan Marino. Bias. Emmett Smith. I would up. take I would take Adrian Peterson Prime over Emmett Smith. Chris Absolutely. Carter. And Antonio Brown? That's close. I'd probably give mm-hmm. the edge to Chris Carter. But uh, the first two uh, the first two I'm given to so I have to take the top. Alright, who is the GOAT Rams running back? Oh god. Yeah, guys like Eric Dickerson, Marcus Steven Jackson, and even Todd Gurley was a insane. One brand new Steven Jackson jersey. One brand new Steven Jackson jersey. I'm thinking Marshall. Yeah, give me Falk. Give me Falk. Him and Dickerson are very close. Yeah. Trevor? Dick. Dick. He wasn't part of the greatest show on turf. Yeah. Greatest dick on earth. Great (laughs) running back heading into next season. Dalvin Cook. Cut that out for me. No. Mm-mm. Rank these it's running backs. Rank these running backs heading into the next season. Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Derek Henry, Jonathan Taylor. Henry, Taylor, Chubb, Cook. I'm going Chubby Cook. Henry, Taylor, Cook, Chubb. Taylor, Henry. God. Chubb <laughs> Cook. Cook's going to miss at least three games. Star one, bench one, cut one. Kyle Pitts, TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller. I am starting Waller, benching Hawk, and cutting Fuck Kyle you! Pitt. Fuck you! I agree, one. Carrie. I agree. I agree. I agree. That's exactly what I was going to do. 
Filipino ball. Derek Waller. How are you going to cut Darren Waller? Whatever his name is. He's Which more of an mean? athlete than either of the two. Okay, the guy named Unicorn is better. How many unicorns do you know? Seven. Which QB Whatever. Which QB is a better 2022 season? Jared Goff or Tua? I'm taking... Give me Goff. It's close. No, no it's no, not. not. It's Sadly. not. Sadly. Sadly, it's close. It has a top five receiver, top six receiver. No, it doesn't he matter. Doesn't he can't throw the ball. He's terrible. No. no. Get Jared Goff. Listen, as a Jared Goff hater, I'm They're picking Jared Goff. They're both very similar. You just hate to because uh, you're racist against Hawaiians. They're not similar. <laughs> All you're right. right. You know, Jared Goff can throw it. the ball 30 Let's yards. Go. Which wide receiver? Completely different, Gary. What are you talking about? All right, which one? No, we should talk about. It. I know this is rapid fire, but we should slow it down a little bit. I like this question. No, Jared Goff slander. First of all, but I'm taking Tua. They both don't turn the ball over much, and they're, they're both turning the ball over much. Okay, yeah, Cowboy. except one can throw the ball 30 yards, and the other one can't. So I'm, I'm taking the guy who can throw the ball 30 yards. Can. Neither of them can that well. Both are great at short and medium range. Deep balls? I don't know about that. Give me Jared oh, Goff. George, which wide receiver trio would be better? Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, Cooper Cup for the Rams, or Reggie Wayne, T.Y. Hilton, Marvin Harrison? Ooh. I'm taking Rams. Cooper Cup. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going Rams as well. T.Y. is the worst receiver there. Yep. That's why Trevor. I'm going I'm going I'm going Rams for that reason. Trevor? What was the question? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to the next one. Who is the be- which running back is a better career with the Steelers? Najee Harris or Le'Veon Bell? Le'Veon Bell. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Don't do this. By, by the end of their career? By the end of their career. Give me Najee. Pick one in their prime. Des Bryant, Demarius Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green. I'm bro, taking Hopkins. What? Hopkins is yeah. above. Yeah, come on. Yeah, dude. that's not even come close. On. Did you Pop get flamed? Did you get flamed in that in that post? I did not. Broncos fans took over. <laughs> All right, you can steal one player from the Browns. Who you taking? Denzel Ward, Deshaun Watson, Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, any of their own linemen? Uh, any of their own linemen? <laughs> I think Miles Garrett. He's a beast. He's a beast. Garrett, or yeah. what's his name? Baker Mayfield, because I love his commercials. <laughs> All right. Oh All right. Last two questions. Rank these running back duos. You got the Packers, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. You got the Broncos, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. You got the Browns, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. You got the Vikings, Alexander Madison, Dalvin Cook. I'm taking Browns, Vikings, Broncos, Packers. I am doing Browns, Vikings, Packers, Broncos. I feel like three and four. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Browns. No, I'm going Browns, Broncos, Packers, Vikings. What? Interesting. I'm going Browns, Vikings, Packers. What's the last thing? Broncos. Guys are haters. It's fair. All right. I don't know if I asked this one. This is our, like, biggest tweet of the last two weeks. Even Ocho Cinco retweeted this tweet. Chad! He did. I met him before. He's, he's a fan of Beerly. 
That's what I'm nice here. Which wide receiver trio would be better if you had them all in their prime? Steelers, Heinz Ward, Antonio Brown, Juju versus AJ Green, Ocho Cinco, Jamar Chase. Bengals, come on. Bengals, it's not even close. Bengals, next question. Ocho Cinco, bro. Come on. Maybe the best receiver there. Bengals, next question. What'd you is say? AB, is AB the best receiver there? No. Yeah. Yeah. No. He is. No. Prime. Yeah. Prime Ocho, better than AB. No, he isn't. Come on. Come on. AB is a, if he was like normal his whole career, he'd be a top ten wide receiver all time. Ocho Cinco. I don't not. disagree. I but I think Ocho Cinco is a top ten wide receiver all time. What, you've been smoking whatever Ocho Cinco has, huh? What? He smokes cigars. I'm he sure. Cigars. Um, he went to the same store that AB went to. Not a sponsor, by the way. Don't buy those. AB freezes his feet no. off. Chad Ochocinco smoked cigars. Which one's worse? I argue freezing your feet off is worse. Nah, I like feet. That's it for Rapid Fire. Sadly. That is sad. That's my favorite part of the episode. Carrie, I just want to thank you again for putting to get this together because it's my favorite thing that we do here on the podcast. Um, I, obviously, I love all the guests we have on, especially the Jags guests we had on tonight. But uh, I love Carrie for his rapid-fire questions. Everybody loves me. <laughs> well, <laughs> a million Not everybody. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. And... Um, before we head out, why don't you guys plug the stuff that uh, we're doing? Yes. Uh, like I said earlier, um, we're very active on all of our Twitter accounts, all of our podcasts doing well right now. But it's it's a very good time to be an NBA basketball fan. It's a very good time to be an NHL hockey fan. Both of those getting very deep in the playoffs. We're all the way up to the NBA finals and conference finals of the NHL playoffs. So definitely tap in with our Twitter accounts, at Beerly Hoops, at Beerly Hockey. And both of those podcasts as well. Weekly streaming, Apple, Spotify, just about everywhere you get your podcasts. That's all I got. Tune in to our uh, our NBA final show. It's going to be very fun. Me and Dora do a, do a really fun show over there. That's all I got. It's the year of the beer. I'm about to go pee. All right. Follow us on Twitter at Beerly Baseball for baseball questions every day. Podcast, one day it'll happen. Follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Beerly Football. For all beerly football questions, you want any of our, you know, rapid you want, fire? Yeah, questions? if you want to, uh, check out our Twitter account. I'll post some. We'll do them on the show two weeks later. Why not? Or a you week know, later us. once we get to the season. Hundred days yeah. away. Hundred days exactly. away. Follow us on Instagram at beerly sports, and you know, shout out to Ali BFF. That's it for me. All right, it's it's great because uh, actually this is the first time I get to announce on the podcast that we're we're launching another podcast, Carrie. Wow! The Beerly Sports Network is expanding, and we are now hosting a golf podcast called The Cut Line at the nineteenth. It's me and my brother both talking about golf and and uh, drinking beer. And discussing many different topics, such as last episode we talked about who the sexiest player in the world was. Uh, We had rankings. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the Beerly Football Podcast. You Make sure to check out all of our other podcasts that we talked about earlier. Uh, 
fuck. I forgot the rest of the the outro. Uh, <laughs> Until next week. Uh, we are next week, or not next week, next episode, we are going to be covering our final division in the NFL. What is that division, Kerry? NFC least. NFC least. We saved the least for last. Uh, and then uh, we're going to have much more off-season stuff for you guys. Hope you guys stick around to check it out. And we will see you guys next time.